You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Erasmus Stylianessis. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 37 of the Here for the Truth podcast. I'm Joel Rafidi. I've got my co-host, as always, Erasmus Stylianessis, coming in from Topanga, California. I'm in Sydney, Australia. Um, a little bit of housekeeping, as always, quickly for your divination, tarot, astrology, numerology needs, head to joelrafidi.com for any specific human design readings. Shout out to Erasmus. If you're in the Topanga area, hit him up for some body work, face-to-face, touching one another. Ooh, that's scary, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, man. Today we have a brother of mine. <clears throat> um, he goes by Nate Max. Nate Max, thought pioneer and visionary. Nate has been a frontline activist for over a decade, speaking at all the major protests and events, interviewing many of the top names in the industry. He runs retreats, seminars, men's circles, meditation, sound journeys, and has been in the natural health and wellness industry for 14 years, helping people reach their highest potential. He loves surfing, free energy technology, living off grid, and spending time with his beautiful dog, Moo. Shout out to Moo. Moo, he's a beautiful dog indeed. Bro, I'm so glad that um, you could join us, man. And just quickly, bro, kudos where kudos is due. Out of all the people that I know in my life, you have been doing this longer than anyone else. You have been on the front lines longer than anyone that I've personally known. You've been speaking truth to power. You've been pointing up at chemtrails probably longer than anyone else in Australia, man, as, as, as far as I know. So look look where we've come bro look 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 where things were at the time where you started saying your thing driving around your in your caravan with your infowars stickers <laughs> and now we <laughs> how do you guys know each other oh how do we know each other well that's a story <laughs> oh, you can tell them where we met if you want to if it's all right yeah i don't mind nate, nate and i met in a strip club about maybe close to 10 years ago <laughs> in king's cross bada bing bada boom in a private room. I might have went to that one when I was there back in uh, 2000. Oh man, what a What's trip! What's going on, man? Uh, up to mischief as always. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, it's nice to um, also see like people like yourself. I've watched your journey transition and shift out of like TV into music and the conscious music and the podcast and astrology and all these things you're doing. And I'm watching this really great version of yourself just keep getting greater you know what i mean really really special human and um yeah i always look on your stuff and look at your work and know you're going to be up to something really inspiring so um yeah it's nice to see other brothers on the journey and meeting new brothers too yeah man so, for sure. um thanks uh, what have i been doing i mean i was just saying to you guys before i'm in a little bit of a transition process now for people who don't know me i've got a a website and a platform innate awareness and it covers kind of all bases where it's food health uh native shamanism plant medicine uh protests media videos youtubes retreats like i've been doing a lot for ages and i've been a one-man band you know because i guess probably 12 years ago 10 years ago when i was really had the awakening um luckily you know there was the internet and a lot of information on the internet at that point in time and i actually had uh, you know, a sense of free Facebook for probably three or four or five years, which was amazing, you know, and uh, it was such an, a beautiful, um, like, 
it was a beautiful platform to learn because I was linking in on all the natural therapies like Dr. Sebi and Dr. Robert Morse, Dr. Robert O. Young, and just clicking on all these amazing links. And my feed was just flooded full of tinctures, cures, cancer cures, herbal remedies, like all this amazing stuff, you know, and I really did appreciate the way um, social media worked back then. Um, and uh, to, to feel into the energy behind social media now, it's so different and very, very obscure. And it feels very locked down, controlled. And I mean, just on an energy pers perspective, it feels like shit. Yeah. These podcasts and what you guys are doing, are, I feel is so important now. We've been knocked off, or well, I have, and most people have been knocked off all the major platforms. So it's kind of a, a rebuilding and it's been a real seven year cycle for me now. And so many of my videos are now being re reposted and stuff from say six, seven, eight years ago, because what I was saying back then is kind of happening now. And it's, it's a nice feeling that people are catching up, but also uh, I've found myself a little bit frustrated just in the last, you know, two years, I guess, with family members and things like that going and getting the jab and all the rest of it. And it's like, oh, you know, it's dear to my heart. And um, so what, what I'm trying to do is work out how I can be the most effective um, at what I'm good at and not do the things that I'm not good at but also without running myself into the ground and uh, burning out. Now, a lot of people who get in the activism realm, I see a lot of new, newcomers come on board, they get caught up in the fame or whatever it is, and then they you know, start going off that way or it goes to money or you know, they're actually a bit lonely and activism becomes this thing where you can meet lots of people and it can be a social thing. So I see a lot of this stuff happen and the people who last and survive are the ones that have got a spiritual practice. They're the ones who look after themselves, who eat the right food, who are doing their meditation in the morning. They're getting out in nature, getting in the sunshine, doing all the things that we should all do as humans anyway. And that's the only reason why I um, survived as long as I did and thrived is because I had the meditation and uh, chi energy and things like that all come in around the same time. So I managed to buffer this huge giant building of information and have this one to try and, you know, not lose your mind because when this rabbit hole opens um not only do you start having contact with the unseen realms especially in the esoteric levels if you are doing meditation and going deep on that that plane but it becomes it can be very negative you know what i mean because you're like all of a sudden your whole world has been ripped apart everything you thought that was normal uh is completely abnormal the world's been inverted in many ways shape or forms and if you don't have that support network around you that's when you can find yourself seriously feeling lonely and lost. And I guess now the internet, the way it is, there's so many awake people. But back then, 10 or 10, 10 years ago, there was, you know, a couple of people in Australia, a couple of people overseas and a couple of people here who are really speaking out, some people who would like and tag. But now what we're seeing is this, there's no more fence sitting. You're either doing your research and you're an organic, healthy human being who likes good food, clean water, healthy babies. You want to stay away from hospitals. You don't want to shop in the supermarkets, all the toxic food and all the rest of it. And you're looking after yourself or you're not. You're into fast food. You're probably eating McDonald's. You're watching television. You're probably believing the mainstream news and you live most of your life in conformity and a place of fear. So this is the great splitting and separation of society. Now, from the top-down approach, I feel that there's a giant, giant awakening happening right now. But for people who are on the ground, it's, we're in the eye of the storm, you know, because the news is just blasting disinformation and lies 24 hours a day, which is, you turn it on, it's like, oh, snap, lockdown, COVID cases, clusters, cases, COVID, COVID, all the keywords of mind control. So it's this 
funny thing where humanity doesn't realize it is a little piece of string holding this whole narrative together and it's like 10 kilos hang on that right now it's a it's snapping you know and that's when this whole world we're going to see it flip and i think we're going to have a really beautiful existence coming up for our children and for everyone because people are operating from a place of love now and and hope and they're realizing that what's really important in life is maybe not hustling for money so much and the material false pride fame and glamour but actually love community food support networks you know our own education and, and things like that so that's what's been coming up for me lately and working out like what do i need to do and where do i need to be to be the most effective i can you know at this point in time mm. yeah. beautifully said brother yeah. beautifully yeah. said um i want to rewind uh, a little bit and you talked about last 10 years ago or 12 years ago that you had an awakening so what was that like like what led you to that to you know starting to see behind the veil and begin going down the rabbit holes of truth it's a funny story actually i'm surprised no one's ever really asked me this in an interview before you know well, but i um i'm a pro bro i'm a pro so i was doing it <laughs> i was kind of uh in a very fast-paced lifestyle i was a topless waiter i was kickboxing i was kind of in and around doing everything illegal under the sun and uh, one of my brothers is kind of a, was a bit of a gangster himself and it rubbed off and and yeah basically i had a transport company and i was you know making good money had race boats and race cars and harleys and all these things so i was really in the matrix but i was always questioning everything I always questioned everything and i'm trying to work out what i can say here without incriminating myself too much but anyway long story short I had some information become present to me through my own experience of literally how the, uh, the drugs come into Australia and what the process is, who funds them, um, the groups overseas that work with it, Afghanistan, the CIA, and all this really out, far out there stuff that I heard on the internet. And then all the pieces of the puzzle kind of fell together for me. And I was like, fuck, is that what happens in Australia too? You know what I mean? And then I watched an interview with a guy called Robert Tosh Plumley, and he was a CIA pilot. And he was basically in court, not to do with the drug trade or anything, but he had to have a full disclosure in court. And he basically said, yeah, my role was to fly the CIA planes over from uh, you know, Afghanistan, whatever, to Mexico and to bring all the heroin and opium over. And then you know, it got into HSBC bank laundering the money, then it being sent over and the Federal Police and the Crimes Commissions in Australia funding it, coming into Port Botany Wharf, getting distributed by the customs agents, then the higher ranking drug dealers take it, and then this whole process. And I was like, wow, this is very interesting, you know? So that was like a giant bubble of awakening to, to know that firsthand. And luckily at the exact same time, well, not luckily, I was in court uh, getting in trouble. So I used to get up to a bit of mischief. And my usual barrister wasn't there. And uh, this is when I was having this awakening and I, kept having all this non-physical stuff happening to me i thought i was going a little bit mad i just met a woman who was running meditation classes and um my my normal barrister wasn't there and this woman turned up and she ended up talking to me about spirituality this top barrister and top police prosecutor from the dpp she's we're outside for an hour and a half she's talking about spirituality and chi and dna activation and on this crim sitting there talking to her about iridology and natural health and how you can cure cancer and this fluoride in the water. <laughs> and this is going on outside the court and my court case is on and she's like, oh my God, we're late. So we, we ran in there and um, she got up on the stand and literally just said, 
I've, I can vouch for Nate Max. I've known him for a very long time, such and such, and uh, really looked after me, let's just say. Wow. And then after, I ended up having uh, coffee with this guy that she moved in with, who's a chi master, who I'm still working with to this day. I did meditations with him last month, Global Activations. And I, I got all my mates to come over, and there's about 15 of us all tatted up, juiced up, party boys. And we all did this giant meditation with this chi master, and it blew everyone's minds. And some of the boys are running wellness centers now. Some of them mentors. They've all switched and changed. So they're, they're still the, the guys from the streets and the hood, but they're all doing incredibly good things. So that was the, the initial awakening. And let me tell you, once I bit onto that little nugget, I, would, I just bit onto it with my teeth and didn't let go. And I went full steam ahead, you know, and I watched Zeitgeist and then Alex Jones popped into my life. I started watching him and I've got a very clever mind, but I have to be very careful that I can get caught up in things, you know, often. So I was, I'd have a podcast on here while I'm watching YouTube on the TV, while I'm reading a book at the same time, you know, I can do six things at once. So I had five to seven years of just insane amounts of research, meditation, you know, esoteric work. Um, and then I had a lot of strange off-world experience during that time as well, where at nighttime I was going to these places and the rest is history you know now i'm here talking to you guys 10 10 years later and uh hopefully a little bit more of a balanced version of myself but yeah. that's to be decided <laughs> we'll see uh, we'll see for how long <laughs> you know what is what a story so that's so cool that the, the barrister was outside with you and just kind of getting getting deep and keeping it real um other <laughs> you know what when you told your story it just made me think of something that i find that a lot of people who let's say you know, we're more on the street or even people who partied hard. They tend to be people who are more drawn to, you know, seeing again, like what's on the other side or being drawn to more holistic mm. stuff or, or truth seeking, as opposed to just like your average, I'm curious what your thoughts and why you think that is, is those people that just don't feel like they belong in yeah. the system from early on. And then they just mm. take that internal way of being, but then they apply it to maybe more productive realms. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I do find that, I mean, people who are partying, they're only partying because they're lost anyway. But that's the only reason you go out and party and harm your body. It's because you're, you're lost and you don't know what to do and you haven't got inspiring mentors in your life. So you just follow absolute idiots so on television or football players or superstars or your crazy friend. And then everyone wants to be like that crazy friend and it's not normal at all. So yeah, I do feel there's a, a longing and a looking. And when people do party and drink and all the rest of it, they're going through the highs and lows, which is the ebbs and flows of life anyhow. And then you realize, you know, happiness doesn't last forever. You either got to party every day or like, how can I find this happiness? How can I maintain this happiness without the drugs and the alcohol? And I used to drink a lot before we used to go out with my old, oldest brother. And um, I was quite young. I was like 19 and he was 29. So there's a 10-year gap. And I, um, I ended up going to this club quite often in, uh, in King's Cross called Hugo's. It was a much older crowd, you know, and I was quite young. And he said to me, he's like, you got to stop getting blind all the time when you're coming out. But I was young. I was, you know, that's what you do. And he goes, we're going to go out one night and you're not, we're not going to drink at all. And we're going to be the first people on the dance floor. And we're going to party and we're going to dance all night with no, no drinking, you know. And we did that, you know, we went on that and it was awkward at start and we're bouncing around. It was quite early because people weren't even really, you know, and people don't really dance until they've had 50 schooners anyway, especially in Australia. And we ended up dancing and singing and playing all night, had the best night. And that was a moment for me where it snapped in my mind. I was like, I don't need any of this. I've got it all inside me. I'm actually 
very like uh, open, deep person, but I haven't been able to connect with my friends on a deep level. So that's half the reason why I did drink because I like to be able to talk about love and all these deep things when they're drunk because that's the only time I can get it out of them. Mm-hmm. So it's really like the people are already awake are just searching for something they've already got inside them. And it's funny, I, um, I forgot a really big part of the awakening, which probably happened before the conspiratorial stuff. Is I had a naturopath uh, in Australia and she's probably one of the best on the planet, the most researched. She learned under Bernard Jensen um, and she never stopped researching. Every year she's doing more and more research. Incre- incredible woman. But anyway, I watched her cure and treat so many of my friends of diseases, brain tumors, cancers, diabetes, everything and i'm just like what is going on here like how is this woman treating everything yet what, what's happening in the medical system like what's going on there i know this little woman who just treated this guy prostate cancer this person leukemia this like what and that was actually the, um, the, the first awakening for me was the health awakening which led into the spiritual stuff obviously and then from there the conspiratorial all wrapped into this big ugly um octopus but I feel like people, certain people come in with different, like maybe not blood codes, but DNA in a sense where they're, they've got a soul mission. There's people here on the planet like you guys who is, you know you've got a mission. And then there's a lot of people we live with who are like, they're, they're playing the game, but they're, they're not on. You know what I mean? They're just observing. They're part of it, but they're not here to do anything. And like, I don't know if that sounds divisive or not, but I don't think everyone's supposed to wake up on this planet. I think it's just about a a bunch of people waking up to lead the direction everyone else will probably follow and everyone's in their evolutionary process on what they need to learn while they're here. Some people don't need to do 10 ayahuasca sessions in the jungle. They just need to have a bit of routine in their life. They need to experience some simple things and their soul is completely fulfilled by just that. Like that's just like a little, like, you know, kind of, I guess, idea that comes into my mind sometimes about the so many different realities that are playing out here at the moment. Yeah, dude. I mean, the whole concept of NPCs and and non-player characters, I think that's something that I I, I concur with. It does certainly seem that way from from what I've experienced that not everyone is here to to wake up and to realize the depths of this, this realm that they're living within. But for some of us, there's certainly always been this, this burning fire where it's like, no matter what, I'm going to, to, to question what's going on because it doesn't feel right. Right? Because why, 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 why would I want to grow up and, and live in a society where I'm made to be dictated about every single thing that I do in my life, whether it be work, what I study, who I'm friends with, what I, what I inject into my children, like that just doesn't make sense. Um, and so we continue to question. And as you, as you continue to question, you see more of what's on the other side, you know, and you mentioned earlier that um, a lot of people that get into truth seeking or activism, um, they burn out. Right. And it's, 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 it's very true because there is this, this, this allure and this incredible hype that, that, that comes with that for a little bit. Um, but I think the most important thing in that process and for longevity is, is grounding and becoming censored mm-hmm. and really just being in this realm for, for, for what it is and recognizing what it is and doing the things that serve you. Like you've been saying more than anything else, taking care of your health, taking care of your family, taking care of the roots, doing the simple things. And we don't, we don't need to constantly feel like there's a massive, a massive drama and we're the, we're the protagonist and the hero in the story. It's like, we know what's going on. We know our job. Um, 
and we realize that we're most effective by taking care of our own at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with um taking care of our own. That's what this is about right now. You know, this is like, who are your own? Who are the people that are important in your life? Who are the ones that are showing up at this point in time? Because this is a great clearing of the dead wood. I mean, you walk out into the streets, it is like there's a giant like uh, red light on top of people's heads who aren't connected because their eyes are darting around. They're trying to social distance themselves from you and they're wearing masks yeah. in their cars, in the park. They've put them on their kids. Like the common sense factor at the moment on earth is just gone. You know, people have bought into this 50 year long mind control from the mainstream news and they've, they're bought into it hook, line and sinker and to even get someone to awaken slightly, especially in the older generation, like the 50, 60, 70 year old people, if you can get any sort of a shift out of something like that, you're doing great. That, that's generations of programming yeah. unwinding. People don't realize one person waking up, the flow on effect from that is like devastating to the deep state and to the system because they're, they're doing everything they can to poison you, slow you down, trick you, coerce you, you know, shorten your lifespan. And then someone awakes and then they become a drum, you know, in the air for humanity, for awakening, for health and all these things. So yep. it's, um, yeah, so it's a really interesting time to be observing at the moment as well. And just pulling back and watching and not being too emotionally invested. So we'll get a little bit upset yeah. if we are. Yeah. I want to ask you, um, like, obviously we've known each other for a long time. And I know what you've been doing for a long time, but we haven't really connected properly since in the last 18 months, two years when this, this really turned on its head. So from, mm -hmm. from your perspective, did you, how did you, how did you perceive the way it came about? Did you see it coming this way? Did you see it coming this hard, this fast? How, how, how caught off guard were you when, when you saw the Trojan horse of, you mean, COVID-19? Yeah, um, this whole COVID experience is obviously, um, it's like 9-11, but five times more layers, so many layers and a lot of planning, you know, and uh, I didn't I didn't see this coming exactly the way it was, but intuitively I knew something was coming before it happened because I just ran a really successful retreat in Bali. And when I went over there, I was planning to buy land over there. And I had three lots of land organized around this retreat center where I was going to buy a piece of land and start doing the never do winter again in Australia, basically go to Bali, run retreats for the winter and come back, do that forever. <laughs> I said, like, I think a year before COVID or two years before COVID, I go, I'm never doing winter in Australia ever again. <laughs> wasn't I, wasn't I wrong, you know? And um, so I had this wad of cash on me, like this Balinese money, you know, and worth nothing, like piles of it to take to the hotel to give this uh, re uh, deposit for the next retreat. And I said to my friend who was on the back of my scooter, as I had my pockets full, you know, of money for driving along, I'm like, can you remind me to um, drop the money at this hotel? It's literally on the way home. You drive straight past it and I just drive in, hand the money to the front desk and I'm good for the next retreat. But anyway, before that happened, uh, after the retreat, all these lots of land that I was trying to buy, they, they were like, got sold. I'm like, what do you mean? I spoke to you two weeks ago and these are being held for me. like. This one's, this one's sold, that one's not being done. That, they all fell apart. I'm talking a piece of land that no one even know existed. Like I was like new locals and it was far away. It wasn't like a spot where any tourists had come. And I'm like, okay, so 
this is this is a full no for land um for some reason you know it was very obvious that it was just like a, a big brick wall was there for me buying land in bali and obviously my ego mind's like i need this land i want this land i have to have this land i'm getting all stressed rather than trusting the process there's a reason why you're not getting land you know yeah come on mate like so many times i listen to my intuition then i'm like right so that's that's the whole you know, internal dialogue of being being patient for me is a, a big lesson is being patient. So when I want something, I want it now and I want it straight away. Then I went past the hotel and she's like, hey, don't forget to chuck the money in. And then I just kind of turned and I was like, I'm not feeling it, eh? I'm just not feeling it. She's like, what do you mean? Like not feeling your next retreat? I said, I don't know. I'm just, I'll do it later. You know, and I, the last two times I've been overseas, I stayed for way, way longer. I almost felt like I'm not going to be able to travel for a little bit. And I was trying to make the most of it. And I was like, why am I dwelling and lingering in all these countries for so long and not wanting to come home? You know, it was like this internal dialogue of like my freedoms were being starting to be impeached in the future. And I could already feel it on a non-physical level. So that was the first for me thing that I knew something big was coming. And then um, I got emergency food many, many years ago and things like that. But I had this real calling to get some land off grid. And it was very strong in me that I needed to get organized. So that was for me, how I knew something big was coming. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be the virus thing. I, I didn't think they'd be able to pull another false flag virus thing. I thought that was kind of old hat and done for. And I was personally thinking power outages, uh, EMF, and they shut the power out to disconnect us from the internet so we can't connect because even though they've censored the internet 98%, um, we're now rebuilding ourselves on podcasts, on BitChute, on Telegram and all these platforms. And so now there's this giant organic following just booming up and it's uncensored which is probably frightening for them because some of these people have got 100 200 300,000 followers on telegram which is it's dangerous you know they can really cause a lot of ruckus just by doing a, a few texts so i felt like 2032 was going to be the time when you know from there maybe four years was in my mind where i thought that's going to be a really hard transitional time um but i feel like that timeline is now here uh, and the next six months will determine if we're going to have another 18 months of toughness or if it's going to progressively fall apart, you know, because uh, it's, the, you know, the narrative was dead very early on, even with the Chinese people like falling on the streets and, you know, the, the big facade that was happening over there. And since then, the economy has been booming and not a single person on the planet has fallen on the streets in the way that they were in China. Like nobody has just been walking and just fell on the ground and died of COVID, you know what I mean? completely yeah. um, uh, fictional, every bit of it. So um, yeah, so, but then obviously I watched the uh, 2012 Olympic Games opening ceremony again. I went back and I was like, fuck, because I did see that years ago. I was like, that's a weird ceremony. I was like, what is that? You know, when I first saw it, when I was living at Bondi. I was like, fuck, what's that? Like who, who organizes, like, I was just thinking to myself, who's the person who choreographed this Grim Reaper in the middle, the big bad boogeyman, if you guys haven't seen it, people who are listening to this, type in 2012 Olympic game opening ceremony. You have the big Grim Reaper style COVID invisible enemy that can't be killed because it doesn't exist in the, yeah. in the sense of what it is. It's an energy and it is an entity as well. It's being, it's feeding on us. That's actually what's happening. COVID is a living thing now because we've created this facade around it and we've created an entity and then it's all these hospital beds and all these nurses scurrying around, these children being taken up. It's completely Masonic, occultic, uh, and you know, it has uh, secret society all over it. And yeah, when I went back and watched that, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So what else have I missed, you know, since then? Like 
what other rituals have I missed that I need to be aware of what's what's happening next so yeah the answer to that is definitely didn't think it was going to be as fast as it is um, the reason they're going so hard is because people are awakening so quickly now and before COVID every country in the world was protesting China mm. Brazil Egypt Italy Australia everyone everyone's protesting everywhere anyway so this slowed it down a lot, but now it's also given a lot more juice because now it's about everyone's freedom. It's not just about people wanting cheaper bus tickets in Brazil or whatever it is. It's like, oh, hang on, this is about our freedom. So yeah, it's we're on a knife edge at the moment. Uh, consciousness is booming. They're doing everything they, can, everything they can to stifle us on every single level. And once you've put all your cards on the table, which they have now, they've placed all their cards on the table and we can see it. The only thing that's left would be the power outage, which, you know, because the, the censoring the internet's not really working that great. So the next plan is to try and, you know, what for people out there overseas who are listening to this in Australia, we've just got a vaccine passport snuck through. It's not legal, but shops are basically putting a sticker on the front window saying you've got to have two shots to come in and, uh, and shop. And they've done this and they've said non-essential businesses have to do this. So no one would ever have allowed this if they just put on all businesses. So they just, they use this thing called the totalitarian tiptoe, which is they sneak little things in bit by bit over time. And then you look back after five years and you're like, oh, fuck, I have no freedoms left anymore. How did that happen? And it was the little bites, the little bites all the way to getting to the end goal. So they've said, look, this is only happening till December 1st. Then you can all play together in your open air prison. And that's another coercion mind control tactic to make us think we have something coming. But within that time you watch, there's going to be a whole bunch of new cases and they're going to say, we need to extend this now. So it's this slow trying to break down of the soul, trying to break down of the morale. And uh, what's the difference between, you know, us having a, you know, the vaccine passport thing on the window, as opposed to the star, which the Jews had to have on their doors in Nazi Germany. You know what I mean? What is the actual difference between that? The only difference is that most people uh, in Australia and around the world aren't actually understanding that they're in the midst of World War III. This is literally World War III, not just a few countries, every single human being that has a soul who wants freedom versus a handful of crooked people who are manipulating every facet of our lives and turning um, us against each other. Yeah. Are you... Um... Like, I know for me, man, like I, I wake up some days and it's just like, I can't be bothered trying to convince anybody of anything whatsoever. You know, I just feel like I'm here for my people, the people that want to listen, the people that are already awake, the people that want to figure out how to move forward, how to position accordingly. Um, like there is absolutely no point badgering anymore with someone who has not seen it at, at this point in time. Like, I can't even comprehend the fact, bro. Like, it's it's quite heartbreaking that we have a vaccine passport implemented on some level in, in, in Australia. Like, I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't like, yeah, we, we spoke about it for a long time. We considered it, but it's it's actually here now. And it's like, you're telling me I can't walk into a shop because I haven't had your poison. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um... Like when, I, when that first came in, I'm not going to lie, the last 18 months, yeah, I've been pulling away from a lot of my work anyway. I've, I've been doing protests and things. I've done that. I got arrested uh, last month and got forced into quarantine for basically seven days. I was going to do a presentation at Brisbane and um, yeah, they snatched me going into the protest. They were waiting for me and said that I'd cross the border, which I had, but days earlier, uh, weeks earlier, 
when there was no lockdowns. And they basically just made up this complete lies and coerced me into a hotel, said that someone was going to be there from Queensland Health to talk to me. And it wasn't, it was this military and police and I had to do fucking 17 days of uh, hard quarantine, you know, in a room with no, no fresh air, hardly any sun, Wi-Fi baking and hotel food for, yeah. Fuck, bro. Yeah, so I ended up getting very active on my phone and did a lot of interviews, you can imagine, because all I had was my phone, a cord. <laughs> Lucky I could plug it into the TV in the room. And I had my shorts and a singlet. That's all I had for 17 days, you know. Wow. And that, that to me was frightening. When that came in, uh, when I was in there, I had my barrister, my legal team and all these people. I'm sending them legislation. I'm reading the legislation. My barrister's like, is this, is this for real? Like he couldn't even believe the legislation I was sending him. He had to fact check it because it was so draconian. It was so scary. And I was like, man, I need to get the fuck out of here before they bring in a new rule saying that I can't leave unless I'm vaccinated. You know, I was actually to, at the end getting a little bit worried. I'm like, I'm going to throw the table out the window or I'm going to do the great escape soon. Call my mates down the bottom of the motorbike. I'm going to fucking leg it out of there. That, that's where I was at, you know? So it was this gray area where you're not actually arrested in the normal legal system. You're in this weird biosecurity act, illegal thing where you have no rights. And it's like being a, held hostage in North Korea where you could call a barrister. It wouldn't matter. You could plead for your case. They don't care anyway. And they pretty much just do what you want with you. And when that was going on in Australia. because I've been arrested a bunch of times. When you get arrested, you just call your barrister within 24 hours, you're fucking out of there, right? And they got to get they got to get a case against you. These guys didn't even have a case. They're like, oh, we suspect you crossed the border. I said, no worries, we'll show us some evidence and we can entertain that, that's fine. And they're on the phone for ages. Obviously they're using that Pegasus, you know, tracking, hacking into my phone, probably looking at the GPS and all the rest of it, which I didn't have my phone on me. My girlfriend at the time had my phone. And my motorhome was passed over the border. So it was, I could have proven it easily that it wasn't even me. So I had no, no legs to stand on. And then I was arrested for longer than anyone and literally locked in a room. And even when you're in prison, even when you do stuff like that, you get time out. You know, you go out into the yard for two hours, three hours, get some fresh air. I wasn't even allowed out. I couldn't get a room change. I said, can you put me somewhere upstairs with a balcony and some fucking fresh air? You know, it was like, wow. So that was a time where it really hit me hard on where we're at. Now, I, um, when I was in uh, Byron the other day, I was going to buy a surfboard and I didn't realize this vaccine passport had come in. Like I wasn't, people been talking about it, but I was oblivious because I've been on Stratty, this little island, just doing my own thing for the last month or so after the quarantine. I needed a real downtime because of, yeah, it was, uh, it was a little bit traumatizing. You know, I did all right and that was fine. I did as much inner work as I could, but ultimately like I'm the freest person I know. I live in the middle of the rainforest. I don't have neighbors for 500 meters. You know, I, I do what I want when I want at all times. So this just being thrown in there for that period of time, just it kind of rocked me because I definitely wasn't expecting it. I was in my motorhome ready to go north and take off and to go to all these indigenous communities and do this whole thing. And then it was like, boom. So it kind of hit me hard. So I went to this shop and I'm looking at the surfboard and um, this chick's like, oh, sorry, mate. Um, you know, if uh, you haven't got the double thing, oh, like I can't serve you. And I was just like, I looked at her and usually I have compassion and all the rest of it. I go, are you fucking kidding me? Like that was my response. You know what I mean? Because I was not aware that mm -hmm. this is actually happening. And seeing I, I haven't even heard about it, I wasn't prepared for it. Like I went into full fight or flight mode and I was like fucking blowing up in there and like, you know, going user supporting communism and all this stuff. It wasn't the right way to delegate and to, to go about it. But yeah, it really, it really rocked me at that day. 
I was going to buy a $1,500 surfboard and they're like, oh, I'm not going to sell it to you. I was like, well, I'll just go buy it online from China then and support them, you know? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a local business in my local area. You're not going to sell me a board. And so, yeah, that that for me was like, yeah, a, a pretty down downtrodden feeling around, oh, fuck, we're actually here. Then I felt the ostracization. I walked around Byron. There's no one in the shops, no one around. It was just dead empty. Like two people like eating outside this restaurant. And I was like looking at them in my mind. I'm thinking, I hope it was worth it for that bacon and egg roll, you know, injecting yourself with poison so you can go have a have a meal in a restaurant. Um, so yeah, I don't know what to, what to say about that really. It's, it's, it's depressing, but it's also another part of the pressure which is needed to make the popcorn pop. These people need to pop, you know, and Australians are very chilled. They cop this for a while, they cop this for a while, and then they snap. That's generally what happens where, because we haven't seen tyranny here. We haven't had much tyranny before. That's why they locked down the, uh, the Sydney centres, uh, which has the most Middle Eastern and, uh, and ethnic groups who've got strong culture, strong families, uh, good religious morals and things like that. They're actually a tight-knit community and they've seen tyranny before. So at the, the tiny sniff of it, they smell a bit of tyranny, they're like, no. Where Aussies are like, oh, that's that's a bit of a weird law. Why would you pass that? The Privacy Intrusion Act, where you can uh, hack, where they can hack into my phone, they can pretend to be me, send emails from my account, and incriminate me and put me into prison. Like that's a pretty weird law, don't you think? You know, that would never be passed in another country. But that law was passed while I was in in um, hospital. I call it hospital quarantine, <laughs> and two other really draconian laws were passed while I was in there. So I'm watching these laws incredible impeachments on our freedom while i'm in there i'm like man if i'm in here for another week what law is going to be passed next you know like crazy so a little bit frightening interesting you mentioned that man because i never i never considered it how deeply as you just have in terms of the lga areas the local government areas in sydney which were locked down hardest they were these ethnic communities right they were strong families um with with foundational and fundamental values between themselves that came from countries who have experienced hard times and have experienced and it makes a lot of sense that they 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 locked them down the hardest because they would have been most aware of what's going on i mean they 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 had they were trapped within what a five kilometer radius or even less um and they had the harshest curfews it's like that was like some hunger games district district separation kind of shit going on with that yeah well that's um well, it's, it's a, we're going to remember our whole uh, rollout here in Australia is being run by the military now. Uh, the, that military guy, whatever his name is, and, and, and Dutton, the, the ACO bloke, it's all being run by military. That's, the way it's all done is specific, strategically, a way of breaking down an enemy. Now, at the start of COVID, just so you know, I know a lot of boys out that way, a lot of guys, legends, love that area, always go there and have food and hang out with families because I used to work around there, plus doing everything legal. I knew a lot of people through that too. A lot of bikies and stuff were out there. And right at the start of COVID, some of these areas are tough. And I mean, like, these guys never grew up. They're like, got that young spirit in them still where they're 40, 50 years old and they're still training like machines. They're still buying rims to their cars, exhausts, doing things up, pimping their houses out. They're all, you know, they're like, they're like kids. They've got that kid spirit, which, you know, is amazing. Where a lot of the other areas in Australia, it's old money. And it's kind of just like, it's just stagnating a little bit, you know. I've, I've, been, yeah. I've felt the last few times I've gone into those areas of like, wow, there's really something happening here. I'll just walk the streets, talking to people with my dog and, and cruising around. 
Now, early on when the COVID thing happened, I said to my mate, I go, dude, if things get hard, I'm coming living at your house because that's the toughest area in Sydney and like they won't be able to implement COVID law there. So anyway, a whole bunch of the boys are out in the streets eating kebabs in, the, in one of the streets, I won't say the area. And um, the police were walking past them. They're like, oh, you're not allowed to be out here because you're not supposed to be in groups of people. And there's 20 or 30 of them eating food, eating kebabs. And the cops are like, oh, you can't be here. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. You know, this is going on for a few days. And they had no power because these guys, they're, they're alpha males. You know what I mean? There's alpha males there and they're not to be messed with. Like that, it's got that village thing where everyone knows everyone. You know who lives in your street. You know who all the people are. In these areas, everyone knows everyone because they're all connected. Where in the cities, you're walking past all these people every day and they're just faceless, nameless people and you don't know your neighbours and things like that. That doesn't happen when you come from villages and cultures because that's the whole thing. You have dinner together, you eat together, you talk, you go pray at the mosque, you pray at the church, whatever it is. So that's been lost a little bit in Australia because of our upbringing, post-war and all the rest of it. And these cultures, like I said, are tight-knit. Now, anyway, one day... Um, these cops were kind of hassling them to leave. And one of the guys got up and he, he put the shoulder in and like, you know, as he walked past the police officer and then, you know, that continued on, nothing happened. And then three days later, the riot squad turned up. Now there's six cars of riot squad with five people in each car. Now, like I said, these guys are connected. They get on their phones, they start messaging their cousins, their friends, their family members. So they're all messaging. There's maybe 30, 30, maybe 40 riot squad, five or six cars, five, yeah, maybe like, you know, 20 to 30 riot squad, big, massive people with all the gear. Within half an hour to an hour, there was 150 boys that showed up. They're all in their cars. They're all ready. Cars are turning up everywhere surrounding the riot squad. And the riot squad packed up and they left. And then my mate told me that story. He's one of the heavies around there. I was like, fuck, man, that is going to, piss them off so much because that is a complete failure from the riot squad you know and that's part of the reason why they lock down those areas because you you can't even allow them to get to the next area because they've got so many mates in the next area so that's yeah. why the lockdown has been so tight to not even allow people to be able to congregate to plan to work out what they're going to do now unfortunately these police officers are literally the Stasi right now because they're implementing laws that are illegal, they're unjust, and they're against our human rights. And a lot of them are using these pathetic excuses like, I've got to feed my family, it's my job, you know, which that has no merit anymore. Yeah. That's finished. What happened in the Nuremberg trials when the Nazis said, oh, I was just doing my job? They're hung, right? And this is on the way to what's happening over there. So this is the, the problem we're facing where we have the separation between the police and the civilians, which when you go to Goulburn and you get your police, uh, you know, badge and you do all the training, they basically mind control you into thinking that you're, you're special and you're better than everyone else and everyone's a criminal and you're not, mm -hmm. and you need to follow the state and do all these things. So we've got to unwind this terrible thought processes and come back to what's simple morals, um, connection, love and, and human rights so they're, the, they're the four things you know if you just base your life around that a lot of our rules become obsolete and then you really have to start questioning your own personal behavior not like i'm doing my job i need to do this i don't give a fuck about your job i don't care about your children i don't care about your family what i care about is the freedom of this whole entire planet anything that comes under that so saying your family your job is like no it's all of us together and that's the biggest trap, people thinking that 
it's going to be okay for you later. If we continue on this slippery slope, we're going to see our country turning into a place like Cuba or somewhere like that, where it's just chaos on the streets and everything that we know is going to go out the window. So different timelines there and yeah, different situations. What do you, what do you think's um, like coming ahead, like in the next six months to a year, like, where do you think things are going to go? What I know is this is all tied to consciousness. So this will determine what people do with that inner vibration. Your inner frequency determines your external reality. doesn't matter how much protesting and how much everything we do right now. It's all helpful. But if you've got half, if you've got half empty cups um, going to protests, it's a half empty frequency which is happening. Now, a lot of the protests we run here in the northern New South Wales, we have Indigenous elders come down. They do prayer. We do a grounded meditation beforehand. We have a fire burning. So we're bringing all the sacredness in, which is, which is key right now. Now, I don't want to go too woo-woo, but this is a multi-dimensional reality war. This is five-dimensional chess. This is not just happening here in the 3D. This is on the other dimensions. There is a, a full-scale assault happening as well. And as above, so below. So right now... Um, we're on a slippery slope, but we have all these portals and levels and layers and, and ways that we can literally jump up so quickly and, and shift and jump off this timeline. So it's forcing people to go inwards right now. It's forcing people to be connected because all the other things haven't been working. Our court systems failed us. Our legal systems failed us. The police aren't protecting the peace. They're supporting the corporations. Our medical system is a depopulation system. So what's left? Spirit, nature, connection, community, all these things. So when people find that within themselves, that's when we're going to have uh, the the trajectory of where we're going to go is going to shift. Now, on a a 3D level, obviously what they want is to bring in the vaccine passport for all businesses. And I mean service stations, uh, Woolworths, Kmart, supermarkets, everywhere. They want to start like this is this is a full scale war, and that's what people still don't realize. Even truthers think, oh, you know, this is going on. This is a full scale war, and they want your children dead, and they want you poisoned off, or vaccined, or tracked and chipped every single millimeter, so you can't even fart without them knowing you. That's what they want. And now, what it's called, it's called absolute zero. So if you look that up, it's the new agenda twenty thirty which is called Absolute Zero. And you can read through the information on that. And it's basically, uh, you'll go to a shop, you have to have all your jabs, passes, this, that, all the rest of it. And you'll go to buy a piece of organic meat and your card, your chip, whatever it is, will go "Eh," because you've reached your carbon credits limit. There's too much carbon in that producing of that meat or whatever. So you, you can't buy that. And then your electric car at home will lock itself and you can't drive because or whatever else so this is a level of control they want okay that's why they need the 5g and that's why they're frothing about 5g not only because you can target individuals and do all types of heinous stuff with it literally target people through people who've had the pcr test and they've got your information they could like work out where you are and you know harm you but it's so you can track every single facet of our lives now 5g is not even the issue i've got 6g which is going up at the moment elon musk starlink where the Falcon 2X rocket is shooting up 60 rockets every every three weeks, you know, uh, 60 satellites. So we have a seriously diabolical um, 
plan on the rise. But the thing is, this can all end so quickly because the humans work in Starlink. The humans work in government. The humans are the police officers. And it is our duty and our role, if we We're can, to help people to understand what's going on. And then it all falls apart. So it looks really bad, but we are on the precipice right now of everything falling apart. And then we just literally birth the new earth really quickly, which is release all the free energy technologies that have been hiding in a patents office, plus hundreds of other ones. So our whole entire energy crisis goes out the window. Within a year, our energy is finished. No more coal, no more gas. Uh, you'd barely be using oil because everything will be electric and there's not much you know, oil and electric thingos. But you'll have a free energy device for every house. Okay, which means the third world countries will get out of poverty in no time and we can lift the sanctions and all these economic espionage in all these countries. And within a very short period of time, we'll have a healthy, functioning, thriving populace where the humans make the decisions, like we actually choose, rather than these parasite politicians who do nothing but maintain the facade of choice. Well, you'd have something simple like it'd be an app, a blockchain app, and it has all these things on it. And once a week, you vote. Do you want to have more spark? Do you want um, speed cameras? No, they're gone. Finished for good. Do you want this? No. Do we want um, capital gains tax? No. All these things that don't work for the humans is what will the decisions be? And then all these multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar companies will be like, hey, you're worth a trillion dollars, but you pay your workers nothing. You know, So it'll be a, a great reconfiguring and a great reset in our way of how the world functions. And human beings and mother earth will come first then after that, it makes no difference. Mother Earth and human beings, and then every other process and protocol is in line with making sure this beautiful planet and these people are supported and sustained. So I think that's where we're heading now. It's do or die. That's the way I see it. You know, in the next 18 months, we'll be either in or out. Yeah, yeah I like the optimism too, because, you know, especially in the truth movement, people get a little too caught up in the, in the uh, doom and gloom and like, we're all going to be in camps. You know, and I, I just tend to operate from a, a more positive standpoint in, in, in the fact that what you said before, like, it's just a little string that's holding all this together. And so it just takes more and more people to kind of stand up and, you know, it's going to crumble. Mm -hmm. The house of cards will fall. And I feel like what's on the other side is something that's pretty beautiful. Um, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I fully agree. Um, I think this is the perfect place to end the, the first half for our public. We're going to let go of you here. Um, thank you for joining us so far. This is Nate Max. We're going to put all his links in our show notes. His website is Innate Awareness and his telegram is, what is it, bro? Uh, Nate Max Human Alliance. Nate Max Human Alliance. Go check in. Um, someone I highly recommend staying in touch with and following. And to our patrons and our members, we'll see you on the other side very shortly. Take care. All right, to our patrons, welcome to the second half of this episode, which has been such an interesting dialogue so far with Nate Max. Um, Nate, I know you've been someone who's been tampering and invested in and spending a lot of energy looking into, into, into free energy and, and, and free tech. And I want to know, just for, for the people listening, where, where, where is that at? What's actually available? What's actually viable in terms of free energy resources that are available to us now? Right. So, um, I mean, this is a bit of a rabbit hole in itself. Um, once again, it borders on 
the fact that mainstream science, if they can't test for something, it doesn't exist. So you have to go beyond the five senses for a lot of these new technologies. They're in the non-physical realm and the way they operate. And we're talking um, generators uh, that generate electricity with no moving parts. You know what I mean? They just basically oscillate and pull energy from the ether, which is just, I mean, Tesla came out 100 years ago or 150, 200 years ago, whatever it was. And he had hundreds of patents and all the rest of it. And obviously the, the running theme with free energy is that they don't want free unmetered energy. When I say they, I mean the, the puppet masters because then they can't charge you for it. If you just bought a, bought a machine that sat in your house, say you pay $30,000 for it and that supports enough electricity for you and your four neighbors um, for 200 years, that's not a very good business model, you know, which is the same as the medical system. Healthy people is not a great business model. Now, there is so many different types of machines out there. There's many hundreds and hundreds that are patented in the US Patents Office, which, you know, if we were to birth a new earth, we would open up that patents office and create a law that says anything that's going to be beneficial for mankind will be released. That's the type of laws that we should have. Why would you have things that are patented that could help stop poverty, stop hunger, stop uh, you know, whatever, yep. you would just bring them out. It's like on a moral perspective, you bring it out. Now, what got me into free energy was I just, it, it seems to have come into my reality a lot. And um, over the last 10 years, I've had five psychics, you know, run, run up to see me. One guy actually ran across a freeway and nearly got hit by a car. And I was like, you okay? And he's like, I need to tell you this. It's free energy. It's going to change the world. It's going to be on billboards, you know, and it's, um, I'm already been working with it anyway. And I was like, oh, well, at least your story is linking up with the other five people who have come to say hello to me. So I just happened to have met a bunch of people who have been in the tech, looking at the machines in their garages and being in the workshops and the places and realizing how bloody simple it is too. And also how there's no money being invested by the government towards free energy technologies. They talk about renewables like wind, solar, uh, and all this absolute garbage technology. Like Nikola Tesla, Nikola Tesla would be rolling in his grave if he knew his name was stamped on batteries. 250-year-old outdated technology, garbage technology where we're digging uh, lithium out of the Dominican Republic and all these places and all these other chemicals you need to make these batteries work under child slave labor rates, you know? Um, and just so you know, if people out there didn't realize there's actually batteries that exist and have always existed, which you can constantly top them up with distilled water and they last for hundreds of years. We've had these batteries forever, but they've tried to kind of get rid of them, have these sealed batteries now that you can't fill up. And after five, 10 years, you have to throw them out and buy new ones. And then the companies just basically replace them and sell them back to you again. It's a really good business model, you know? So the free energy situation there's a lot of um, devices that do not work and i've wasted a lot of time on energy devices um, healing devices as well that actually do not work uh, but that's all right it's progress you know what i mean and it's in the inner knowing and an inner learning now i've got a, um, a motorhome uh, a big bedford bus which is a, v, a big v8 big thirsty petrol guzzler and i've got um, a hydrogen set up on that now hydrogen is something i've been really interested in in quite some time now, for people out there who don't know what um, running a bus on hydrogen means, basically, you're literally just electrocuting water and, and putting a catalyst in there, which excites the water. And the more catalyst you have will determine how much charge runs through the water. 
and how much charge determines how much gas bubbles out of the water. So electricity creates bubbles and then the gas comes out, which is hydrogen, which is a really good, clean source of power. It burns really, really well. Um, incredibly safe too, because you're making it on demand. So I ended up um, researching hydrogen generators and I built my own and it worked pretty good, you know, okay. And then I went and started working with a guy from America who has been building them for ages and just better materials. He's been doing it for long enough and the way it works, smaller generation, less power. So I ended up putting two hydrogen generators on my motorhome and then uh, my motorhome drives better, runs better. I'm getting 30 to 40% fuel saving. Uh, I've got two more generators I'm going to put on in the next period of time if I don't sell it anyway and see how much I can get out of it. But that for me was the thing that spurred me on to be like, hang on, if I can build one of these things in the garage, why doesn't every single car in Australia have one? And my form of hydrogen generation is not even um, good technology. It's like use a lot of amperage and things like that, where there's a guy called Stanley Meyer and he created a, a car that ran on water in, uh, what year was it? it? Must've been 60 years ago. And he was driving all around America and my bus runs on petrol or LPG and hydrogen. So it's like an, an add-on. You basically have the hydrogen come in and you can tune it back and it gives you an extra boost, kind of like nitrous, but uh, on a smaller, more regular level. Where this guy had his car running on completely 100% water, you could urinate in it, you could use rainwater, dirty water, seawater, and it literally converted the water through a special injector into a fuel source. And water is the most abundant thing on the planet. It's never disappearing. It's always moving from one place to another. We never run out. Plus we have uh, 10 times the ocean amount of water underneath the Earth's crust, which scientists have found recently. So a very clean um, power generation. And what comes out of the exhaust is nothing but uh, there's no waste. It's you can breathe it in, and it's completely safe. You know, so that ends the whole us driving around with smog, petrol pollution, India, China, all this smog everywhere. You're just using water. You know, so very, very, very clean technology. And then I started working with a bunch of other people who had machines. And what I found is like one of my big roles has been connecting people together. So I just I grab people that need to meet. I've been doing it my whole life. And when you get two really big brains together, and especially when they mirror each other, often there's just a giant clash. And I've had two situations where I brought these people together who if they wanted to work together, oh my God, we could have got some progress done. But instead they started hating on each other. And I've had a lot of circumstances where the money's fallen through at the last minute. We've had huge amounts of money about to come. Then someone's got a message, a phone call, almost like a threat saying, don't invest in that or you're going to lose your contracts or whatever. So I've watched the whole conspiratorial thing wind in with free energy and how badly they don't want free energy to be on this planet. Because if we have that, uh, our world will change very, very quickly. The, the, the power structure changes, everything changes. The scarcity mindset where you can't afford to pay your power bills or you can't leave your heater on all winter or whatever it is. You can have your spas, your saunas, your hot water, everything running off these devices and the whole scarcity of it is gone. So now I said before that um, renewables are a, a garbage energy. Wind turbines literally, uh, they break all the time. They cost tens of millions of dollars to put one up. They need servicing all the time. Uh, half the time they're not blowing, half the time the, the fans facing the wrong direction, doesn't spin around and they just break, they break and they give you fuck all power back for that. 
then it has to be stored or put back into the grid. And then you have solar, which is most of the panels up until recently, um, they can't be recycled. The oil company owns all the panels. So you're just putting money back in the oil companies again. Uh, after 10 years, the panels are, are finished, they don't work. And like I said, you can't recycle them. They have to go to the tip. Then converting solar into a charge controller, you're losing power from the charge controller into batteries, you're losing more power, power drop then from batteries to an inverter, which then converts it into electricity. The amount of power you had coming in in the first place is, is down by 60%. And it's just a very unviable source of energy. It's okay to get through, like right now, if you wanna be off grid and they, they pulled the power, you can get through, but it's not a sustainable uh, energy source at all for, for a global yeah. thing. We need proper giant free energy devices that can power cities, you know? Super, uh, solar is not super efficient too, even from an electromagnetic frequency standpoint, because when it does go through the inverter, it, it pushes a lot of dirty, dirty electricity through the whole house or wherever you're at. So it's not ideal in that regards. They haven't, they haven't designed them to, to, I guess, mitigate the electromagnetic frequencies when it's being converted from, I get them confused, DC to AC or AC to DC. I forget what it is, but mm. anyways, yeah, I mean, there's other... Oh man, when I hear you talk about this shit, I'm just like, there's just so much technology out there that can uplift humanity, but these these architects of control, they they want to keep that under wraps. It's it's the biggest thing that I want to get out. The free energy is the single fastest way to change the whole world and the way it functions. You know what I mean? Uh, and the the amount of different devices that I've seen and how simple they are and and all the rest of it, it's mind blowing. You know, there's there's 20 devices out there right now which if they had a little bit of funding and a, a green light, um, we'll get out there. And like, honestly, I think it's, it's gonna be that way pretty soon anyhow, because you can't stop consciousness and free energy is tied to consciousness. Yeah, I mean, if you start talking to people out there, these VAX people, the mainstream news watching people about free energy, it's not even in their reality. It's just like, you're talking fairy tales, you know? So once again, it's all tied together. Health, consciousness, free energy, spiritual technology, everything's flowing in a certain direction and there's people out there who are listening who are ahead of the curve you know and they're ready for it but we're almost like we're, we're pulling up the level of consciousness as much as we can so it pulls the collective consciousness up so then we can start having these things enter into our lives I, I somehow i think that's how it works and that's why we're getting blasted with negativity and scarcity at, at all times in the mainstream news to keep us locked into the old paradigm of, of the old empire yeah and I mean, the first step, as always, is to be able to create the space in your life for, for something new and profound to enter. And often that begins with pressing the, the little off button on, on, on the remote and uh, turning, off, turning off the media, turning off the mainstream news. I mean, it just, it, it blows my mind um, how consumed we are by, 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 by these platforms, which we inherently know are just feeding us propaganda and digital poison over and over again. And if you really want change, um, you have to create the space for change. And that often begins with, you mean, cleansing even your digital diet and becoming aware of what it is that you're actually consuming on, on, on these levels. Um, so something else can come. What are your thoughts on um, mm. fossil fuels? <laughs> huh. Well, I mean, they serve their purpose, right? Mm -hmm. We could have been off fossil fuels, like I said, 200 years ago with tesla we could that, that stuff was all obsolete you know what i mean and the problem is our history is so incorrect on so many levels 
Like if you start looking into uh, the lost civilization of Tartaria and the mud floods and the free energy technologies that existed back then, you know, all the churches and buildings and steeples were all gen energy generators to produce free wireless energy. So we actually had a thriving civilization, a global civilization that was in every country on the planet, which probably wasn't countries, it's probably just one global civilization. Uh, and then somehow it seems like we've got amnesia. Uh, we've been reseeded, repopulated the earth, and we're all walking around blind trying to work out what's going on. We're like, oh, look at this big pyramid over here. How did that get there? Oh, what's in Antarctica? You know, it's like we just literally forgot everything and now we've just been put back on earth and we're like, look at this giant tree. Wow. It's like if we've been here for all that time, we would have explored every single part of this planet and we'll know it like the back of our hand. But instead, it's like we're re-remembering who we are and then it's like we've left ourselves hints all over the planet to remember our God self. There's something really what is it? What is that from your in, what is that from your perspective? What is that gap? Like what happened? Um what I think is that we had a reset, and I think the resets happen much quicker than what we say. I think there's been an extra thousand years or more thrown on our timeline. I don't think we're at year two thousand, you know, since Christ or whatever. I think we're talking like four or five hundred years, maybe. You know, what I mean, that's kind of what I'm feeling before we had a reset. A lot of the uh, evidence that we're finding all around the world is showing that there was some sort of a mud flood. Uh, it looks like, you know, there's been a two, three story mud flood, which succumbed to take over large parts of the earth because all these uh, ancient buildings that we're finding, well, they're not ancient, they're Roman Greco buildings that have been designed and built and created in a way that we actually can't even create them now from the organs and the churches, which are, which are healing chambers to the pyramids, to these Roman Greco government buildings, we're seeing that just everywhere, it's all the same style. Yeah. And they all have the copper and the cauldrons and this beautiful steeples everywhere, which is to harvest and create energy. Like the cathedral or a cathode uh, is basically a form of electricity generation. That's why it's called a cathedral. It literally is the way that non-physical electricity is harvested. So, yeah, some of these buildings, well, a lot of these buildings, basically three levels of the building up to three levels is under mud. So you'll go down three levels and you open a window and there's just mud outside the window. You don't build a building and then put windows underground facing mud. And that's a common theme we're seeing all over the place. Now, I don't know exactly what happened. Um, what my intuition tells me is that, you know, there's cloning facilities where we've been reseeded and we're probably living with higher advanced beings uh, Anunnaki, Nephilim, whatever you want to call it. And we, we could be part of a great experiment. We could be part of just a, an evolutionary and a fun thing, but something big has happened and there's other hands at play at the moment who are watching, playing, guiding this reality. And I don't know whether it's Hunger Games where we need to get to Antarctica and head to the center there and find out what's there because the compass is pointing <laughs> in that direction. Do we need to climb over the ice wall and just walk over the wall and everyone goes, yay, you finally made it. Do we need to go inwards and raise our internal frequency and transcend this physical vessel? I don't know, but all I know is that you can't think this shit up and it's very exciting one way or another. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome I to part it. two of you for the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Man, like, look at you look at architecture from general, 
a general perspective, like modern contemporary buildings are, are fucking ugly. Like, and you, you look at look at the past, you look at history, we have these beautiful designs, there's so much care and consideration was taken into making these beautiful structures, which you mean resembled aspects of ourselves in our creativity. Mm. Now we just live in these what 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 would appear from a top level just to be motherboards, right? And <laughs> so much, so much ugliness and so much distortion has 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 filtrated mm. the the culture and now we we call it modernity um but it wasn't that long ago where every building was 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 of was of beautiful consideration and design well let's think about this we only had power tools at 18 1850 or 1840 that's when we got our first power tool or was it yeah, anyway, like literally not that long ago, we started using power tools. Now, all these buildings, how the fuck did they build these buildings and all these things with no power tools? Are you kidding me? It's impossible. Mm. We can't even build these things now. So how are they doing it with a hammer and a chisel, just chiseling it out, you know, the pyramids. There's so much beauty and crazy technology and, and uh, the statues that are built. Some of these statues are insane. And even the, the paint on some of these um, incredible paintings they've found, they've analyzed them. And we can't even repaint this with a, with a digital printer. The thickness and the thinness of the paint and the way it's been done, they're saying we can't even replicate this with a, with a 3D printer to replicate the way it was done. So who was painting it? What gifts did they have? What, what technologies did they have that we don't have? Is, was it just human beings that were operating at a higher DNA package? Were they operating at a a three or four strand, a five strand helix. You know, there's something going on that wasn't that long ago where we had some sort of beings that are on the earth that had incredible gifts, you know, incredible talents and they're doing things that, that we can't do right now. And what you said about the architecture, like we haven't gone forward in our architecture and our buildings at all really in the last hundred years. It's the same stock standard square things, the tiles on the roofs, the, you know, even this whole hemp revolution, like, where is it? You know, they don't want us using hemp. They don't want us having sustainable houses. I know a couple of people got them up here, but really everything we're seeing outside, every piece of metal you can see behind me, that could all be hemp. Our houses, bricks, concretes, roads, signs, all made of hemp, you know what I mean? And obviously that's not like Leonardo da Vinci uh, architecture, but even just from a sustainable human uh, usable standpoint, like, you know, we're not even doing these simplest things. So, so that, that architecture, those buildings, those things we're seeing, they're actually, it's blowing my mind at the moment. Like I'm, the more I'm looking into it, and even here in Australia, there's a really good Instagram called, I think it's Aussie Mud Flood. And I follow the, the photos. There's just photos, um, black and white pictures. I'm just like, what planet were these photos taken? Like the energy and everything doesn't even resemble anything that I find familiar for me today. I'm like, what happened? What do you think is the timeline of this mud flood? Like when? 400 years ago, 350, 400 years ago, I'm feeling that's, that's when it happened. That's when we had a reset. Two generations or it's three a, generations. You're, you're saying thing. that most of, again, you're, you're hypothesizing based on the things you've learned that, yeah. that most of the earth like was covered in like some kind of mud flood and then because of cloning etc they were able to repopulate the earth yeah so history, history yeah i mean this is so is history just patched together like what we're taught 
Have you ever looked into Tartaria at all, Erasmus? I haven't. I've heard of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Into it. Oh, sorry. It's no. your, uh, if Max Egan's videos are still available, or we can send you that five-hour-long video called the. Have you seen that one, Joel? It's five hours, and it's called the Lost History of Earth. I think I've started. I haven't watched the whole thing, but it's 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 certainly quite interesting. And I mean, the 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 case mm. is definitely made, and there's no doubt that there's. It's not a coincidence that on multiple occasions these these buildings you go down to the lower levels and the the, the basements are just it's mud, it's oh. mud. Yeah, mm. it's it's quite curious. And definitely. it's like photos of um, there's, there's photos of trams and all types of trams because uh, electric cars were around well before the combustion engine. There was like seventy percent of the cars on the road initially were electric cars, battery, and then they brought out the combustion motor and and diesel and fossil fuels because you think about how many parts are in a combustion motor, all these moving parts and radiators and diffs and here and there and oils and liquids and servicing and so many things to break. Well, an electric motor is just literally an electric motor with a copper coil wrapped around a small engine and it's creating charge. It's so simple. You don't have to service it. You just put power in it and that's it. So these photos are showing uh, all these trams running around, but there's no wires touching the trams. And then there's these things that look like this on the side of the road everywhere where you'd normally have your power lines, but there's no power lines. And it looks like they're all free energy device uh, emitters and converters. Same with all the buildings, the steeples, the churches, giant big power generation um, units. And in the houses and some of these big mansions, which are still around, these big giant mansions you'll see when you look into lost civilization of Tartaria, they have the uh, fireplace and wrapped through the fireplace all the way down the chimney is like a um, copper, copper coils, copper swirls, and this spike on top. And the fireplace, uh, usually where you'd have the wood, you'd have maybe two or three foot where the wood would go in there, right? Because you need space for the wood. These fireplaces are like three centimeters. There's nowhere to put wood. And there's giant paintings above the fireplace, which you'd never have a painting above a fireplace because it would just destroy it. And then on each side, there's these urns. It's this strange urn, like almost like a pine cone looking urn with these things on top. And in the back of the fireplace, you have a metal plate. So what it looks like is this thing has been transmitting the free energy. It's wrapping around down the coil, which is like, you know, when you heat up a stove, the coil will heat up to a certain temperature. The metal plate was emitting the heat. There's no wood, never any wood. There was a metal plate which emitted the heat into the room and these cauldron devices, whatever they were for, so it was showing that it was like a wireless free energy heater as opposed to being actually, you know, you're throwing logs and wood into there and keeping it all burning. And they didn't even have sewage, these mansions. These mansions didn't have sewage and things like that. It's like the poor people had sewage, but the mansions didn't. What, what was happening in there? Like what devices did they have to, mm. what, you know, there's so many unanswered questions. Yeah. So many unanswered questions. And Nate, do you think that because I feel like change happens progressively through time, like, do you think that we're going to, if there's going to be like a fall or a collapse, and then we're all of a sudden these like people who are building free energy devices in their garages, that that's going to be the new, the new energy source? Or is it going to be like some of these companies that are starting to explore and go into and, and take on hydrogen and they're slowly going to kind of weed out fossil fuels do you think it's going to happen more like that? Well, yeah, there's a, there's a few layers to what you said in that. 
Now, the first one is I feel that we're not governed by time. We're governed by information. Okay. I don't feel time has anything to do with our reality. Um, time is about information and experience. Have you ever noticed that like uh, you literally go to sleep some nights and you wake up and then there's like a million messages on your phone. It's almost like you've been asleep for like four or five days or a week. And it's like all this stuff happened and it's like you went forward in time. Uh, I, I get that often and it's like I might learn something. I have all these aha moments and I'll fall asleep and I'll wake up and I'm like, I feel like I'm older, like my beard's growing longer overnight, you know? And it's because I had this experience and I had a learning and a knowledge and something happened internally. So things shift when people shift and when people have the aha moment and that determines, some, I think, you need where we're heading. Bro. Now these... Say again. You need some kids, bro. I haven't had more than freaking three or four hours sleep for two years. <laughs> <laughs> I want some of that. Yeah. Got my beard so, getting grayer. I need my, um, seven, I need my seven so, every night, bro. And these companies don't want to let go of this carbon tax fraud, right? They're really, the, the deep state is really obsessed with global warming, global cooling, global change, fucking anything, right? That's, that's the next big fraud, which is the carbon tax theory, even though carbon dioxide is what makes the forest grow green and it, it makes everything thrive and grow and it comes from decomposing plant matter, the ocean and, uh, and volcanoes, you know, we're going to ban that and tax that. So that's, that's a, a weird process we're going through is unwinding that stupidity. We're not focusing on global pollution, which we should be like, what's polluting the planet? Oh, it's the, the big companies and the, the stuff coming out of cars and, you know, and all these big organizations in the military. You want to talk about pollution, the, the US and Chinese military is polluting the world more than fucking anything else, you know? And obviously forest de de uh, degradation because of uh, animals and all the rest of it. So, so many things that we could nip in the butt and change. So they don't, want let, they don't want to let go of that scarcity narrative that links into the free energy narrative. When you haven't got scarcity, all these things fall apart. These agenda 21, agenda 2030 becomes irrelevant. So um, what they're doing is they're drip feeding us technology, you know, they're drip feeding us technology, keeping us in the mindset of limitless, oh, non-limitless, sorry, scarcity, batteries that run out, oh, we're running out of water. They've been saying we're running out of oil forever, but it's not even a fossil fuel. Oil is created under the ground. It's microbes and bacteria, which basically are creating oil all the time. Another big fraud, you know, <laughs> They're like, oh, the oil prices are going up because they're running out of oil. Are we? Do you know for sure? Mm -hmm. Is it running out? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I'm not sure what we're, where we're heading. Like that's a big question for me on if these things are going to come out. Um, they're already there. And it's just which one of these billionaires is going to have the nuts to just fund a few people and we'll make it happen. We'll bring it out. Yeah, you're going to probably cop some shit. Yeah, you're going to cop some threats. But that's the process we need to go through. Some people need to take it for the team so we can have a better planet. No, it's all there. It's always been there. It's just about us remembering and then embodying the fact that this is the way we can live. This is a timeline we're on now. Scarcity, this COVID lockdowns, but our highest potential timeline is not even in some people's awareness. So that's why it's up to guys like you and people out there to focus on these timelines, to focus on the free energy, to embody it into your life and to bring it into to reality because it's there. We just need to focus on that and create I, I it. I think about with having free energy, like when you think about desalination that can be done around Africa too. And like, I feel like all this life yeah. can come back to that continent, you know, that deserts could just be 
watered and filled. I mean, I just think that miracles will happen, you know, once the energy thing is, is, uh, I want to say solved, but when it comes out, you know, when we do realize that we yeah. have these technologies available to us, it's just amazing. What can well, happen. look at, um, well, look at Muhammad Gaddafi, you know, uh, people don't know the truth about that guy, but he built a water pipeline, you know, what, 70 years ago, all the way up through Africa. And there's actually things called primary refreshing stations that are on earth. They're basically, you tap into a water source, which is unlimited, and it comes from the, under the earth's crust. It's not part of the artesian basin or the, the, uh, the spring water effect. It's, there's certain places around the planet where there's, there's this water which just comes from, they don't know where, but scientists reckon there's like 10 times the amount of water underneath the earth's crust. And so he built a water pipeline all the way up through Africa to basically solve Africa's water crisis. And uh, you would have seen it when they first opened it on the map, there's this, this pipeline going up and uh, then there's these lines coming off it and then big round circles of all this agriculture and all these crops and all these monocrops being created. Now there's them all over the place and we could definitely transform the middle of Australia into rainforests. We have farming methods now called uh, syntropic farming and agroforestry, which is basically a way where you can just turn the soil into good soil. You plant all the right plants and all the right things and all the right places and they all work together in symbiosis and you literally just start rainforesting entire areas uh, and um, we can do that right now. Now, what happened when Muhammad Gaddafi did that water pipeline, he spent it out of his own money and in um in libya basically if you're getting married you got given money if you're going to study you got your studies for free there's no power and electricity bills and water bills and each barrel of oil that he sold a small percentage went to the people so it was a, a secular government and they don't want that and they obviously um did a false flag attack and made him look like a terrorist and then nato actually bombed that uh, primary refreshing station and that water pipeline with depleted uranium, which is 100% a war crime. So that water can probably never be used ever again. Although we have technology now to negate radiation and all types of stuff, but once again, sitting in the patents office. This whole cleaning up the earth is very simple. We can clean up radiation with frequency. Every single thing on this planet has an opposite polarizing frequency. So radiation might be vibrating at say 1600, uh, hertz so that you put the opposite frequency and you hit it and it becomes zero it becomes neutralized so that's the same way we can heal the human body which is through frequencies you know you find out what the liver's been vibrating at it's an unhealthy liver it needs to be hit with this frequency and bring it back up everything in the future with energy frequency healing consciousness is revolved around frequencies and that's why when i constantly say we need to raise our internal frequency whether it's cultivating chi our mindset um, whether it's the good food sunshine uh, getting the 1400 lumens in your eyes every day these are all methods of raising the internal frequency which connects us to earth and her frequency and mother earth gaia and tara and also the other humans so it's our responsibility as human beings to, to raise our frequency so we actually move into a high dimensional frequency band which will allow these free energy technologies to come out and people to be able to establish the awareness that, hey, the world you've been living in is an absolute miserable hellhole compared to what we can be living in and what's available to us on the high levels. Well said, man. Like, would I realize to the extent that life is being strangled 
You know what I mean? And to the, to the extent that what what really is is possible and the potential that's possible is, is being submerged. And I like the analogy of it's just being it's just being held underwater. That's all it is. It's just being suffocated. You know what I mean? And all all it will take is just the the, the release, or for us to realize, and things can pop back up re- really really quickly. But the the tyranny that we're seeing around us, whatever it is, it's it's program is is anti life. Like there's no doubt about mm. that. Look at look at look at all the branches where they have their tentacles. The the underlying principle is always anti-life on, on every single level. Mm. Um, and I mean that's that's quite a stark reality to to all of a sudden wake up and 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 realize that this this thing that I'm being quote unquote governed by is actually trying to deplete me and drain me on on on, on every level of my existence. Um, and some people are only realizing that now for the first time, but I mean, for for most of us, for a lot of us, this, this is not nothing new. It, it's it's always been the case, you know. And I'm hoping that mm. now, as perhaps we are reaching a critical mass, now perhaps more people are awakening than ever before. Then we, I mean, who knows, man? We might have a chance for this stranglehold to be released on some level, and for us to experience something like you're discussing. Which why would I rule that out of out of possibility? Why would I rule that? why would I put myself into such a fear-induced doom and gloom state that I write off the possibility that such a future is possible? You know, I'm not going to do that for myself. I'm not going to buy into the narrative because the primary weapon that they're utilizing against us, it isn't some fucking disease. It's fear. It's always been fear every single time. And when when are we going to realize? When are we going to take responsibility Mm -hmm. for the fear that we're allowing in? You know, and that's that's one Mm -hmm. thing that every single person can become aware of and can do every single day. And for me, I feel like if we just heeded that one bit of advice to be wary of the fear primary above any other threats, then we can shift things really, really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, fear is the number one frequency lowering energy on the planet. Yeah. It's the single fastest way to knock your body out of co-creation and into a state of scarcity, of lack, of uh, you know unsavory situations. When your frequency is low, you invite and attract weird situations in your life. Alcohol will be on your frequency regularly. You know, addictive behavior will be on that frequency band, and it will match. And the people you hang around will match too. And the single easiest beautiful thing we can do, coming off what you said, Joel, is be an inspiration to people out there. You know what I mean? Because people are looking for someone, anything. Before, I had to work really hard to wake people up. You know, I had to like do things with them and whatever. Now you can just hand someone a document. It might be uh, about no trespass. It might be about um, knowing your name, your birth certificate, and all these things. It might be one document. It might be, it might be one meme. And people are just like, they look at you and they're like, I fucking knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and you just confirmed it for them. So yeah. simple now, yeah. right? So easy to wake people up because yeah. they're primed. They're ready. They're like, whoa, you know, something's I, not right about this COVID narrative. Fake yeah, testing, exactly. fudge and, numbers. Yeah, and that's what's been pretty yeah. wild to see the last, you know, especially the last couple of years is, is just the people who are just like creeping in my DMs or sending me messages out of the blue and being like, I really like the things that you're posting. And I'm like, wait, in my mind, I'm like, well, I've never thought that this person would be into this stuff but at some point if you're somewhat of a critical thinking human being you're going to look around 
what's happening on at what's happening and be like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> it does not make sense, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what's happening. Cause like we've had conversations with people and you know, I've gone down these rabbit holes for years, but we have some conversations where people are like, it all just made sense to me, April, 2020 you know, like May, 2020, like this started it. This was the thing for so many people that all that stuff that's been, that they've been pushing down themselves or ignoring and repressing. It's like, this is that catalyzing event that kind of like was like, you spoke about aha moments, like these aha moments, like, holy shit. And, uh, and I'm all for it, you know, like fucking come on our side, you know, welcome to the team. Welcome to team truth. Welcome to the party kid. Yes. <laughs> you know hey, try something different try something yeah. different you know what's what's stopping you from thinking possibly that there's more going on you know this this whole reality is the biggest conspiracy ever yeah not one single person has any fucking clue what they're doing yeah. no one here knows why we're here what we're supposed to be doing and like what is the point yeah. All of us. All of us. We're just walking around, bumping our head into trees, going, "Oh, okay, well, that's good. Oh, yep, okay, that's wow." Well, like, trying to work right, out mate. health. Oh, right, what do we feed our bodies? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. do I put in my mouth? Oh, the food pyramid's completely upside down. Okay, that's anti-life. The medical system's a depopulation system. Doesn't help anyone get well. It just makes people sick. The education system is an indoctrination system. Every person you speak to on Earth go. What did you learn in school? They'll tell you the same thing. Fuck all. Why is it that we're constantly going to school then when we're learning nothing of any merit when you could give someone a phone and YouTube and some good things and they could learn more in one year on YouTube than their whole entire school career? You know, the, uh, the, the, the banking system is a, is a slavery system. We print money out of thin air. We have the Rothschilds who own the banking systems who lend the money to the countries at interest and they give it to us impossible slavery system you can never get out of if you're playing in it so like these are very simple things that anyone can look up the government what's the government do to help us it doesn't listen to us our local politicians don't pass on what the people want they go in parliament at the stroke of midnight and pass all these laws and we're all just like well that's shit you know so every facet of stupidity and ridiculousness that's happening right now is working in our favor because you guys and me, we're, we're talking to people, we're giving them a little slap in the face going, hey, hey, check this out. Where the evil now is just going, bang, it's punching people straight in the head because yeah. they're losing their freedom, their jobs, their money. The, the news is so obviously, well, the, the man, one thing Joel said before, it's anti-life and it's held together by fear. The main operation for this is the mainstream news. Yeah. That is the single only thing that's keeping this narrative together because some unfortunate souls are still watching it and they still believe it. And they're the unfortunate people, once again, layers, who their mind is swimming in a sea of toxic soup. Now, when you've been eating the GMO, guzzling the furide, eating the Kentucky Fried Chicken, all these things that long, your body is so disconnected from spirit, from source, you have so many heavy metals in your body, which fucks up your neurology, and it actually connects you to technology. That's why they're obsessed at the moment with getting these metals, these lithium, these barium, strontium, titanate, uh, aluminiums. These things, these nanotechnology, uh, the graphene, this is all connecting us to technology. So the flicker rate of the screens is in your frequency band. The constant 
uh, instant gratification we're getting from highs and lows and selfies and you know this is all part of the ego mind construct which is keeping us trapped in our minds yeah. it's not connecting us to spirit to love to family to connection to outdoors to walking around barefoot getting your balls in the sun this is yeah. connecting us to selfies to uh, uh, makeup to uh, the people getting you know uh, work done in their faces yeah. Yeah. all lacking everything's lacking you know and this 5g 6g metal thing that for me is a little bit freaky. And what I say to people out there is one of the best things you can do for your body is get your gut brain activated. Okay. Start doing some fasting and start appreciating your food together and appreciate what goes in your mouth and monitor that, but get into the point where you are reconnected with your spirit, with your soul's purpose and understand that until you have purpose and drive and understanding of this world, nothing's going to make sense. And nothing's going to make sense while you've got a body full of heavy metals. So one of the most important things you can do is get into health, start understanding health and start getting the metals out of your body. Because if you don't want to be a transhumanism, cyborg, AI, weird, whatever's going on, it's important for us to get the metals out and reconnect us to, to nature. Because you have the concrete jungle and metal or you have nature and herbs and life and vitality. And that's that seems to be a big it seems to be a really big part of their plan. That's why they're spraying, they've been spraying these things on us for 10 or 15 years now. And that's why it's in the food, it's in the vaccines, it's in the water. You know, why are we, in drink, why are we drinking industrial waste for? Why do we have 580 known industrial waste contaminants in our drinking water? You cannot fucking tell me that that's because of your teeth. It's for good teeth, you know? They, these are very big ticket items that are very simple and when you had that slight seed of awakening, that's when you're like, oh, that's fucking stupid. Why do we do that? Why? Yeah. Ask the questions, people. Yeah. Ask the questions. Yeah, man, fuck. I, I agree 100% with everything you just said. And we were talking before about the fact that they could take down the power grid, but why the fuck would they want to take down the power grid when that's, that's their direct um, line into your consciousness with all this propaganda and this 24-hour fear porn that's being on there so that that's just that just kind of came to me when you were talking it was just like but why would they want to take that away because if they turn everything off then people are just like oh look there's a tree outside oh i'm gonna just yeah i mean there'd probably panic as well don't get me wrong like people will be losing their minds but at some level that repetition that's been going on like the the 10 minute the, the ticker underneath the news with all the the rising cases and the death and you know wouldn't be there so it's like their brain their body would maybe have a moment to just go i don't know mm. you're right no you're right it's, it, and it's a catch-22 for them i think because the one thing fucking them up more than anything is the internet and yeah. i mean you'd think that the one thing that they would fucking control is and take down is the internet but at the same time, if they took down the internet and the internet is completely tied into everything we're talking about regarding transhumanism, um, et cetera, then that, that doesn't make sense if, if I'm putting myself in the predator's shoes. So I, I sit here and I, I, I'll say and I repeat that I don't think they're in the prime position that everyone believes that they are. You know, I, I really, really, really don't. Nothing is set in stone whatsoever. We're, we're in the fight. We're, we're, in the, we're in the war right now. And... Um, you can very easily look at this and see see the and see and make the case that the truth is winning um and that's 
that that's where I sit firmly seated personally. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree what you said about them taking the power down long-term. I feel it will just be a one month period to try and make everyone submit to their knees and be like, I will do anything you need government. Just do not let the power go out again. You know, yeah. it's more so. And uh, I, I feel that it could be if they did do that, uh, you when the power came back on, all your favorite sites and every part of the internet will be gone. It'll be the world's biggest book burning ever in history. And the only shit left will be government sponsored garbage. That's for me while they'll do the power. A, yeah. a massive hit because we're all waking up, we're all gathering, everyone's protesting the world's and it's power out. Try and bring in some sort of a United Nations, Russian military, uh, Chinese or American or something maybe, which I don't think is going to happen either. I don't think we're on that timeline uh, either because once again, we just talk to them. That's the good thing about having your own military in your own country. You can talk to them. Where if we had Chinese troops come into Australia, there'll be no connection. They wouldn't have compassion for us and what that. They've got the programming of what we're like over there as opposed to what we're like in our program of Chinese people. So, yeah, I feel that's, um, yeah, further down the track. I don't think we're there just yet, but um, definitely good things to think about um, yeah. what you said for sure. Yeah. Man, mm. such a pleasure to connect. I'm so glad we're able to have this conversation. Um, I know I know <laughs> the rabbit holes that you've been down and I know that we could go for another three or four hours easily on a bunch of different topics um so we'd have we'd have to get you back on and we'd absolutely love to, to 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 dive deeper down those those other those other dusty alleyways you know <laughs> um but man thank you for being you thank you for speaking truth to power for as long as you have i completely honor respect your journey i'm grateful that we crossed paths when we did um back in the day man and it's good to see you still doing your thing and uh, honestly bro we wish you all the best um i love you man yeah, thank you so much for having us on, guys. It was nice to meet you too. Um, yeah, first man, great, time. Great so, to meet you too, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Really nice, um, good energy of you guys. And I'm actually now more interested in listening to your podcast as to seeing you guys, how well you flow together. Um, yeah, for people who want to also connect with me, just jump on the website. Uh, I'm posting pretty regular on there. It's innateawareness.com or um, Telegram, which is um, Nate Max Human Alliance. Got a really good awake crew of people on there. Some really good content as well. I try and keep it uh, not to be so much COVID narrative, but as much health and uh, things as possible. And we did do a really big uh, three-part Qi global meditation in the last two months. I've done these meditations, the Qi master, and they're free. And we're going to do another one. So I'd love you guys to come on board and join us because I had, I had like 50 testimonials after each meditation saying, Nate, this actually changed my whole life because this guy I work with is like, literally does things that humans can't do and that was when i started to think all right i've smashed the activism relentlessly for 10 years like i mean four hours a night on the computer commenting on all the mainstream news articles and decimating just relentless hours and hours like so many hours you know and i feel that that part of me is like you know wavering so i've been deleted off facebook and instagram shadow band and twitter and linktree and got my emails are gone and my paypal's gone and my stripes gone so <laughs> this was a natural kicking me out in to do something else you know well and, i think uh, i think all that channel's going to be gone too in a second after here for the truth featuring nate max comes up 
Yeah, yeah, right. We, we have to create our private we membership hot now. website, dude. I don't know. <laughs> they have those code yeah, words like free energy, service. free energy, vaccines, pyramids, and shit. They're like, all right, we got to take that one down. <laughs> yeah, the only things we didn't say was pedophiles and child ritual abuse and all that one, which is a whole other rabbit hole. Which, yeah, that can get well, you just said you quickly. just said them, so we're good there. <laughs> 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 so yeah for, anyway thanks so much and for guys who want to jump on my site i do sell a couple of products there water filtration structure water devices i can help people acquire cbd and almost also mms for people out there who are concerned about viral replication like <laughs> covid yeah. so there's simple ways you can stop that and simple ways you can get well that are really cheap um so anyway um yeah, i got i got so i ordered much. mms from australia yeah. dude i got mms I got some like oh cool a while back so perfect nice yeah, it's beautiful i met jim humble in bali actually at the world health oh, summit and what a cool. what a beautiful guy when i was over there with sasha and uh yeah he's testimonials and that i'm just like for a 50 dollars product like oh my god once again another rabbit hole why we aren't using it right yeah how, how, how humble is he <laughs> he's he's so he's actually such a humble dude bad joke and, bro it's uh, a bad joke like, big, yeah I was with like uh, Dell Big Tree and uh, uh, also Dr. Robert O. Young and some big players over there. And Jim was doing a presentation with Sasha Stone, a good friend of mine. Yeah. And Jim Humble was like, "Yeah, well, after I cured my 15th AIDS patient, well, that wasn't very good for my business, you know. Just such a le- such a legend. That's when he started getting a lot of heat, you know. You just start curing AIDS and all these diseases, and you, you become a, a target, you know. But yeah. beautiful guy." been doing it his whole life treated millions and millions of people around the world so like what a great legacy to, to bring health to people's lives 100 percent, man um for everyone listening we're going to drop all nate's links in our show notes go follow him and shout out to him um wherever you can find him if you feel inclined bro again thank you to our members thanks for the support see you next time take care everybody smoking mirrors i'm seeing through the illusion Waking up in a time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean.